0: Welcome once again to one of the unepisode episodes of Curiosity Continuum. My name is Brian
1: yes,' and I am Josh, and we like to call these the lazy man's episodes because we're just <laughs> recording my grandpa used to say you know that was a lazy man's load like when you had like when you carried too much because you oh. were, you were too lazy to take two trips so you'd just like do it all in one and i you I know, always my thought mom that, said was, that too. I always thought that was kind of like antithetical to what like, <laughs> like <laughs> i'm doing more work so i'm lazy well yeah you're lazy because you don't want to go back and get more <laughs> right
0: i'm like okay well, you know
1: like okay but i'm telling you what like you like you know you get
0: your arm game if it's groceries you like got five bags on each arm It's when like, i oh, lived in yeah, a third story <laughs>
1: apartment or a second story apartment i never lived on a bottom floor apartment in my life and i lived in three apartments right I put as many bags on my arms as I could fit. <clears throat> and sometimes I couldn't even lift my arms. I was just holding bags that were holding stuff. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't, lazy. I didn't No, I, no. I, I didn't feel lazy for doing it, man. I mean, I was tired when I got to the top, but I'm like, <laughs> I ain't going back down. You know,
0: you know, it's interesting though. Like, so in this, like my children, they're getting better. But I have to, like, tell them sometimes, like, would you come help me, please? Like, I don't know about you, but, like, if there was something to carry in, I was, like, I got up to help.
1: I got yeah. up to help. I also like, think that maybe it was a generational thing because, like, our parents are boomers. And the boomers kind of beat into us, like, you help. You help. And I think that uh, we tried to beat that into, like, the generation after us, but they kind of knew the beating was over. Like like they knew that like they weren't really afraid of their mom and dad, like there was times I was legitimately afraid of my mom and dad, and now my dad wanted my mom, but not really afraid, but just knowing he wasn't afraid to actually do something to me, you know <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even talking about like physical violence, I'm just talking about like yeah. the way they look at you sometimes, you're like, okay, all right, I'll just do it, you know, I don't yeah, want to fight. I'm good. It was just a personality thing, too, I think. I think a lot of kids today are just kind of more laid back than we were.
0: Well, there's also not always a thing where it's fun to work together. So here's True. an example. Yeah. So last night, my son and I were doing dishes. And I told him, I came hunted him from upstairs. I said, hey, come on down. Let's catch up. And we ended up doing dishes. You know, So I was washing. He was drying. And there was already stuff in the dishwasher. So it's was like, this is the big pots and pans. And yeah. whatever. It was nice conversation. You know, and like we talked about this in other episodes where it it, I would go to your house. You go, Brian, I got I can't hang out because I got to deliver papers. Like, well, I'll help you deliver papers.
1: And then we hang out that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like you build the relationship while you're working with somebody. It's not like, well, once I'm done with
1: work, then we'll chill. It's like, why can't you just do it all at once? You know? And I also think that's kind of like I I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think it's kind of a guy thing, too. Like uh, men kind of bond over like work. You know, it, it doesn't mean it's like our only thing that we're doing, but it it feels good to, to accomplish something. And when you accomplish something together, it feels even better. And I think sometimes that like like our wives, like Brian and I are both married, like they don't always understand that. Like like to Melanie, for example, like doing the dishes is a huge chore. But I'm like, well, we can do it together and just have kind of fun doing it. Right. But she's just mm-hmm. like, oh, just get this done, do this, do that, do that, do that. But I'm like, but we're still spending time together. Yeah, And that's kind of something I think we have to teach certain people because certain people don't always understand that, you know?
0: Well, you know, everybody kind of receives or perceives like when you're giving love to somebody in different ways. Right. So there's a book called Five Love Languages that kind of talks about, you know, is it like acts of service? Is it is it words of affirmation? Is it quality time? You know, there's different ones of it. You know, one of mine is just quality time and by quality time, it doesn't mean we've experienced a rich cultural event. It just (laughs) means that like you're spending time, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like this, like, you know,
1: high society
0: redeeming moment. It just has to be like in the room. Yes. Which is sometimes we're going
1: to the Opry land or we're going to, you know, yeah, (laughs) it could just mean that I'm, I'm, we're present physically in the location. Yes. Yeah.
0: Now, my wife, uh, she really loves like the the words of affirmation, right? Sure. To talk about these things. So the conversation is important. And I think for me sometimes when I do those things, I am like, well, I'm in the room. Now, there have been times I've had my laptop because I just enjoy being in the presence of my family. But I'm not really accessible. And that really kind of doesn't jive you're with there, but what not my wife there. wants to do at the time. Yeah. You're, right. not pr- you're not to present. To me, it's, it's like... Yeah. So, I, you know, we have to reset that a little bit as far as like how I remove myself and when I'm done and then go out and right. spend time with family and stuff. But, you know, talking about your grandpa and saying called lazy man's load. I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm reminded. I'm reminded of some of the things that like that generation, they lived through the Depression. They lived through lots of other kind of thing. You know, they lived through a world war. And my grandpa wasn't old enough to have lived through, I think, through the first world war, I don't think. He would have been a little guy at the time if he was. But there's a lot of change that happened kind of at that time. And we don't realize, I think, how much of the conveniences that they built for us. We are now about three or four generations past that, like, we really got
1: to slug it out and get it done right, so that we have a future. Right. Like, we're actually at the tail end of what they gave us, where what they gave us has run out now. And now we got to kind of like push it back, rebuild it. We got to do something because in in the United States, especially we've gotten used to a lot of things that are just here. But now we got to like, we got to rebuild them. We got to fix them. We've got, you know, you hear always hear infrastructure, uh, you know, airports, roads, seaports, you know, bridges, those things like hard infrastructure. Yes, we need that. And we've become so accustomed to it. Like, in the city I live in, there's something like 70 bridges or something like that that go over waterways. Because um, all the canals were built in the 60s here, you know? So all these bridges go over everywhere, and they all need replacement. And it's something like $3.5 million a piece. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So now they're like, oh, well, let's just bond it out. I'm like, yeah, but... You're going to bond out, like, $300 million or, you know, $750 million, and it's going to take you 57 years to even get to half of them. And then at that point, they're going to have to bond out another whatever billion dollars probably by that point. So I'm like, well, what is, like, I went to the city council meeting, and I was talking to them, and I said, well, when were these bridges built? They're like, well, lots of them were built in the 60s. I said, Okay so which ones need replacement like need it now and there's something like 20% are in the next 5 years so i'm like well let's worry about that <laughs> you know just get it done but it is that thing it's like we become like if those bridges weren't here we i i i couldn't get around the city right you know it's like uh i'm used to them we need them <laughs> and we got more people <laughs> moving that- here all the time so yeah, we're kind of at that. P- yeah, we're at that point where like we need to do something. I think
0: we've pounded on this before, where we talk about how you learn how those things were built, mm-hmm. so you have the context to where you are today. Because at some point, nothing lasts forever, especially like those things that are built, and you right. have to replace it. Now, look, I'm a, I'm under no preconceived ideas that we haven't improved on technology or other things to be able to make maybe a better bridge, to make a more stable bridge, whatever it may be. But the fact of the matter remains is that you need people who know what to do and are willing to do it to be able to fix it. And I think that's the collision where that generation knew, like, if it's going to happen, it's going to be me doing it. You know, it's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to grab it by the horns and I'm going to do it because I'll I'll be danged if I'm going to end up like this or, you know, I know there's nobody... Like if they were first generation immigrants, there's no family to rely on it's no. them. They gotta figure
1: it out. And they lived through the depression. And the depression was a time when everybody was struggling. It didn't matter if you were rich or poor. There was different levels of struggle. But everyone was struggling. Supply chains were constrained. A lot of a lot of things that we're living through today, they relied on themselves to do it. And so I think it was really a self sufficiency thing. It was like because when, when the Depression was over, and I knew my grandfather many years after that, right, obviously. You know, I was born 40 years after the Depression. So it's like, you know, like I, like a whole generation of people happened between my parents, right? Like they learned that if it just didn't get done, if they didn't do it. And it's some of the things that yep. we're not like really, like a lot of people don't, they don't really get today. They're like, oh, someone else will do that for me. Someone else can do that. Well, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do to solve the problem? It, it can even be a simple problem like changing your oil or, you know, or changing something in your house or fixing something that, you know, has happened to, like, stop working. That was something.
0: So, like, I know we had um, we recently kind of had some car dramas. We've got a different car and the well, cars are something like I had friends that loved cars, worked around right. cars. You know, my dad could do some basic things on cars. But cars were never the thing that I really poured my like, knowledge base into. Right. And we were looking for these things. I was making mad phone calls. So thank you, friends, who took my phone calls during <laughs> that time. So I looked credible as I'm asking questions about cars. Sabrina asked me, she said, why do you like, feel like you need to know about everything? Now, some of this is probably more my personality. But the other thing I told her was that I want to know enough so that I'm not, A, taken advantage of be that i'm considering the right things when i'm looking for this car and you know i i like you wouldn't ask me to like work on cars i could replace oil i can change an air filter i can yeah you know like check fluids and stuff like super that I can basic do basic, yeah, kind of basic
1: maintenance yeah
0: super basic stuff yeah but the point beyond that like i don't know and but what you're seeing now too is like even like even like mom and pop shops there in so demand sometimes it takes a while for you to get your car in because like there's just that amount of work that has to be done yeah. yeah yeah and it's like whoa really it's like yeah really because it's gonna take this 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 and this and what happens also too is that you have supply chain things so part of what happened with my other car is that the engine just went because the timing chain went at and we didn't know it was going until it went and then it's you're kind of kind of you know at, up a creek at that point in order to get a new engine and it was like a you know like a new, like refurbished or something like that. You know, I mean, all in. I mean, it was like, well, geez, I might as well buy a different car. Right. Until you look at the other car (laughs) car market, it's like, I better be really picky about what I buy because otherwise I'm gonna be like way weird upside down on something. You know, my my grandpa's generation, like he would just figure it out. You know, like it might not be like the best I say the best fix. My grandpa was like the best fixer you probably ever met in your life as far as like doing things and carpentry and stuff. But it's like, that's, that worked. It's like, yeah, like nobody, like he didn't learn in school, like how to do it like properly. Like, no, of course not. Yeah. You know? And, but that was so useful because in those, that time there was such scarcity of supply or supplies that you had to make it work. There's a really interesting story I heard about, um, like classic cars that were in Cuba before Cuba opened back up, where you kind of go and do touristy stuff. Mm-hmm. They had all these old cars in pristine condition, like on the outside. Yeah. The inside was like, what in the world is going on? It's like you know? duct like tape port- and
1: rubber bands, and <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: and you know, a well-trained army of hamsters like running. Right yeah, the <laughs> it's because they they didn't have the parts like from you know they couldn't import parts. It was like that they men in black to, like, figure it you know? out.
1: Like Men in Black when the like the body and there's that little <laughs> alien inside the head. <laughs> yes. That's exactly it.
0: you know, but they made it work because yeah. that's what they had to have done. And I think now there's there's so many things like Amazon or just like access to your friends, like we're doing right now. We're looking at each other over a video feed, talking into audio equipment to be able to do these things in a right. way that over the internet. <laughs> I know. It's like
1: ooh. Right oh you mean it's over the phone line no if <laughs> explaining this to your grandpa <laughs> would blow his mind yeah and my
0: grandpa never cracked a computer in his life didn't right. have to didn't need to no uh you know he passed away at, at a time too where it's like he could have he had no desire to and and no. never needed it for his life
1: so it start getting like as i get older i start understanding that like i start understanding like the new stuff coming around and me just going nope I don't need it. I've lived this long without it. I don't need it. Yep. You know? Like, the new shiny is not always what I want.
0: No. Now, what's interesting to watch when we talk about new shinies, though, is when we talk about, like, the space race, especially to Mars, and you watch some of the... the like. It's almost like the billionaire space race right now. It's actually kind yeah. of interesting to watch because... It is. All, all these men are of a similar vintage.
1: And they're all slugging you know? it out. They're it's, all
0: slugging it out. These are, like, the oldest oldest Gen Xers are maybe like the youngest boomers kind of like where they are in, yeah. in space and time and stuff but they realize that like the next frontier it's gonna require a lot of resources and a lot of things but they also know too like once you get there they're like this is like the new frontier there's resources there there's um yeah all those kinds there's of things a, there's anything we need but the question is do you have the people now once you get there, can they make it work without any of the conveniences that we've come so accustomed to on this earth?
1: That's a great question. I think maybe a good time to put a comma and just think about that. What do you think?
0: I'll do my uh, thank you for joining us on this episode today of Curiosity Continuum. <laughs> my name is Brian.
1: And I'm Josh.
0: See you later, folks.